Welcome to I'm Not a Fan Unless I Have a Podcast. I'm John Hanford. And, uh, you know, these bootlegs are just something else. I really wish I could uh, afford more of them. I I bought a couple. I was, uh, I, I just went on like, um, yeah, I, I, I bought... Uh, I, I don't remember because I was inebriated. I was I was thoroughly stoned when I when I pulled the trigger and and, and purchased uh, you know um, uh, live in London uh, that bootleg. Um, but uh, but yeah, I've I think I'm at a point where I need to uh, pull back a little bit. Um, you know, I got these dogs here; they're eating up a lot of my budget. Um, and as much as I hate to say it, I might need to cut back on buying records. Shit. But that doesn't mean you should uh, cut back. Um, you know, I'm just a guy with, with a couple dogs here. And, you know, uh, <laughs> but in any case, the, my guest today, um, he's put together one of these uh, one of these bootleg records. And he did it in, in a way that's, you know, it's not just the demos. It's not just one of the live shows um, or, or, or Teenage Gizzard. Uh, this album that uh, um, that my my guest Bryce uh, has put together is called Lounge Gizzard. It's uh, it's all the chill tracks that were released, you know, from you know like uh, some of the demos, chill tracks on some of the live shows, you know, like the live version of Sense and the Wheel and all 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 that kind of stuff. Float along, fill your lungs. Um, it, it's it's been compiled into Lounge Gizzard, uh, which is I mean, I just love the title for that record. Um, I think it's a really cool concept, and I hope that he meets his uh, his quota or you know wh whatever uh, the the thing is, the threshold, the checkpoint uh, that he needs to. I had it for a second and I forgot it. I'm still looking for the word. Uh, e send me an email if you know it. Um, but uh, but yeah, he, he hit the mark. Or, you know, you know I, I hope he hits the mark and he's able to get the, these records pressed um, and, uh, and and he's able to, you know, and, and you are able to get them and, and the money that you spend on them uh, will go to a mental health charity. And that's a really cool, that's a really cool thing. So, yes, uh, this episode is a little bit, um, or I mean, it, at least it begins more like an infomercial than any other episode thus far, but it's for a good cause. Uh, and it's a, it's a super cool concept that I love. Um, and not to mention the guy that I'm talking with, Bryce, super cool dude, down to earth guy. Um, and, uh, you know, I had, a, I had an absolute blast talking with him. Um, and I think you'll have a good time listening to this podcast. So uh, without further ado, here's Bryce. Enjoy it. Um, you know, I've been fan of the pod for uh, god i think i've been watching since you know the second ricky episode or something so. <laughs> it was like george oh, yeah. clooney coming on the uh the tonight show or something right yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i'll have to get ricky back on um he, he's, he's a great uh uh engagement piece for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah um, he's entertaining but yeah man um so yeah i don't think i you know i use I really only use Instagram for uh, following Giz, so that's why. That's I, probably you know, the best way to use it, honestly. Like other. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, why I mean, it's that's... just a bad pun as my handle, but yeah, my name's Bryce. Probably got that from the email. But... Yep. Yeah, I, did, I deduced <laughs> that. I figured your name wasn't actually <laughs> Oddmunts. Uh, you know, that. But that, that is a great pun. Um, you you did it. You did it twice. Uh, <laughs> um, sure. 
but uh but yeah so uh, you hit me up since you had a um, since you've put put together this crowdfunding thing with uh, with Lounge Gizzard uh, as one of the bootlegs for um, you know just with all the files that they shared from their uh, uh, their live shows. Um, I absolutely love that concept of just like a chill live Giz album. Um, how did like, like tell me how how did you uh, how did that come to mind to to do that? Well, yeah, I appreciate you letting me coming on to uh, to promote it. But um, so I'm a, I'm a pretty big Giz fan, you know, maybe bordering on fanatical. But my wife, she's uh, kind of borderline. So there's only certain types of Giz that I can play in her presence, you know. Yeah. Um, fishing for fishies, you know, paper mache sketches, stuff like that some stuff off of Polygon, but, you know, we were riding around listening to the live scents mm -hmm. um, from Brussels and the name just kind of came to me. I mean, they had just announced that they were doing the, the bootleg series and allowing people to uh, put stuff out. So um, yeah, started with the name and then played around with the track list, got that put together. And then she's a painter. So she offered to use her, artwork for the cover yeah I, I i saw i saw some of the artwork and is that one of her paintings that's behind you yeah 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 it looks very you know it looks so like a similar, kind of similar it for style. scale yeah. yeah yeah um this particular one isn't used on the cover but so what we did was is we you know we took some of the paintings that she still had around the house and then kind of put in some uh hidden images of different is figures. Um, oh, I didn't look that close. One that's well, the only one that's really visible on the curates um, because all of the images that are used on there currently are uh, kind of early mock-ups mm -hmm. um, that have since been replaced. But uh, you can kind of see the Giz lizard kind of faintly on that very front cover. But um, otherwise, you wouldn't really find anything if you were looking around. Word. But yeah, so we got that put together and then, you know, just decided to make it a charity project. I think there's, you know, there's so many of those Q race projects that are, you know, all over the internet now. So um, just to do something different that might gain some interest and really the only way that we could make it affordable um, or really to do it in the green as a crowdfunding project because they won't let you launch one in the red uh, was mm -hmm. to do 300 copies, which um, might be hard to hit. We're about 42% of the way there. I'd yeah, say. I, I saw you guys had like uh, 125 or so uh, confirmed out of the 300. Yeah. And, you know, every time I post somewhere, we get a little, you know, a little pop in the numbers, you know, mm -hmm. without advertising, it's probably been about five or six a day. But you know, just trying not to spam too hard on all the different message boards. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a really tough. Uh, um, I don't know, tough nut to crack, I guess. <laughs> you, you know, j just with like the frequency of of spamming, because it, you know, obviously, you want to get the thing funded. It's a cool project. You know, you're the only one that's doing that specific thing. Um, I should like. You know, I, I want to see that shit get funded, uh, you know, but um, yeah, us too. I mean, I just want to have my own copy. I mean, that's the main thing, you know, yeah, money for charity. That's kind of an added bonus. And then having something cool out in the world that that we created um, for sure. What, what's the uh, what's the charity? 
It's uh, it's NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's probably you know they they call themselves the largest grassroots organization that um, that advocates for people with. It's, it mostly focuses on people with severe mental illness. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's a really good organization and a you know and a worthy cause, especially now you know. Of course, you know I listen to your podcast to kind of avoid. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, everything that goes on in the news, Yeah, but, you know, especially right now, I feel like, you know, putting money into mental health resources is a good idea. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I can't argue with that. I, I, th- I think that's great. And also it, it kind of ties in with the, uh, you know, with the theme of the album, you know, being a loungy type of thing. I mean, yeah. not, 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 not that psych wards are, are an especially chill place to hang, but like, <laughs> But just in terms of like, you know, keeping it sort of loose and just, you know, chilling out with the mental health. Like, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, Images in the clouds, you know, that kind of follows along with that theme, I suppose. But um, yeah. So when, when did you guys uh, get into Giz? Well, so I guess the first time I heard him was back in 2015. Um, so I use this website. It's called All Music. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but um, every week on Friday, they put out a list of all the new albums of the week. Um, And, you know, it has a picture of the artwork and then it gives their score and then tells you a little blurb about it. And it covers, you know, just about all different genres. But um, when Paper Mache came out, they had a little write up on it. And then, you know, the name of the band, of course, was interesting enough um, to get me to listen to it. But, you know, I had that album on pretty heavy rotation for that year. And then I remember, you know, eventually one Friday, Nanagon popped up on the site and I listened to it and I probably listened, you know, and that's kind of how I do it, unfortunately, is like I'm looking for the next new music to become obsessive about. Um, I'll play like the first half of the first song, you know, and if it's something that grabs me, then I'll continue to listen to it. But I remember, you know, Robot Stop comes on and I'm like, it's kind of different. You know, I was expecting more paper mache. I didn't go back through any of their earlier albums at that time. (laughs) And, um, you know, so I ended up not even listening to the rest of the record, putting it away. And then it wasn't until, um, I guess, 2019 that I, well, so, I was already kind of primed for heavy music because like Tool put out their whole discography on streaming yeah. services. And then their new album was coming out, uh, I think a week after Rat's Nest. So uh, I already yeah, yeah, it was, it was out about, stuff. Yeah, it was out around the same time. Or it might have been the week before. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, so I was, yeah, so I checked out Infest the Rat's Nest kind of waiting for uh, their new album to come out. <laughs> Um, and that's really when, you know, the whole thing clicked that that's their whole deal is that they can jump, you know, wildly from one genre to the next album to album. And, um, you know, really enjoy Brat's Nest. It, you know, it's probably not one of my favorites, even though it's grown on me a lot. And it's probably ended up being the one that I've listened to the most, oddly enough. But um, I'm in such a similar position with with Brat's Nest. Like, yeah. like, like I acknowledge that it's it's such a satisfying album 
uh, just because like it, it you know, the, just did how the story flows and how the songs flow into each other. I, I thought they did just such an amazing job with it. Thrash metal isn't my jam mainly, you know? So it's, yeah. it, it, it's strange that I would even consider that as like one of my favorites, but it oddly enough has been one of the most, one of my most listened to <laughs> Giz records. Well, you know, it's also the one that I'm not worried about wearing out. Like yeah. I have to be careful about music, you know, not playing the same album, you know, a hundred times mm -hmm. in a row until I burn out on it. So that one, I didn't really care. So I just, you know, kind of went nuts with it. But, you know, um, once their whole, well, I, you know, it's, it's not a shtick, but, um, you know, once their whole thing about just being a wide open band to play whatever they want, whenever they want, um, occurred to me, that's when I started going back through their older albums, went through uh, Fishing for Fishies and, um, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Mississippi around, you know, blues music and R&B. And um, so just the fact that this, you know, uh, you know, these these guys from Australia, seven piece with two drummers are playing, you know, their attempt at, at blues, even though it's, you know, it's kind of loosely based off blues and, you know, boogie woogie or whatever. But yeah, um, I just thought that was really cool. And now, you know, that was probably, you know, once I started listening to that album was when went from like you know casual fandom to super fandom i suppose but um for, for with with fishies that that's what that's yeah, what got you yeah with fishies got you hooked yeah interesting yeah i'm i mean it, it's interesting to to like hear these stories about uh you know first picking them up in 2015 with like paper mache and just like you know sort of getting into nonagon but then just you know not really and then fishies being the album that that you know hooks you that hooks you in um i mean yeah it, and <laughs> well yeah, and species is you know the album that probably gets the most hate um online it used to be sketches <laughs> for I the sketches too you know that's probably Ske up there as oh you know, my yeah sketches one of too i i i think it, i mean it's it's one of their best for sure but like it took forever for it to grow on me and it like it used to just be the constant butt of the joke like in 2017 it was it just seemed like everybody was just like yeah these albums are all amazing except sketches fuck sketches <laughs> which makes no sense i mean you know you got sketches one two and three and just the way that they you know deconstruct that melody and uh i mean the book and tezita and the way everything runs together yeah i mean that, yeah that's awesome so yeah, yeah it, it was great and, and, and but yeah them to go back for sure i mean I, I think they uh there are hints that they're going back to that you know with um uh the first single off of lw you know uh, uh if not now then when um yeah. that seems pretty uh pretty funky and jazzy and just a little ominous so i i'm, I'm excited um what'd you but, think of that one? Oh, I, I i really liked it um i haven't i i've decided after you know after like just beating to death listening to all the singles off of kg like i think i each each single off kg has over 100 play like had over 100 plays before the album came out um I, I kind of beat that to death. So I, I'm trying not to do that <laughs> with uh, If Not Now Then When, but I probably have listened to it like maybe 10 times um, since it came out, which I, I'm pretty proud of myself for holding off that much. Yeah. Um, nice. But, uh, oh yeah, I mean, it's, that song was stuck in my head, you know, for like a week after it came out. And and, and I, I just love the, vi the video, um, you know, how they're incorporating yet another artist into their, uh, uh, into their universe. It's, it's, 
Yeah, it's a really cool video. I mean, completely different than everything else they've done. And I mean, I like, you know, I mean, of course, Galay is awesome. And um, John Angus Stewart's got his own thing. But I thought it was a really cool new direction for them to take. Um, yeah. And, and I also kind of like how they're, you know, they continue to expand with, with other artists and everything, which I feel like, you know, it's not even a slight on, on Jason or, or, you know, Stuart, but like, um, I, I, I think it's, uh, it's cool because it might give, you know, those guys a little more time to focus on other projects that, you know, they might want to work on. Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. And, you know, they're still making videos, I'm sure, but, you mm -hmm. know, I think, Jason's probably, you know, he's a busy guy and that's a lot to keep up with between, you know, doing the background videos for the live shows and, you know, if he, and I hope he does, you know, continues to do posters for every single live show. Yeah, um, I, I would imagine he would. Those. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it just seems cool that they, uh, I don't know, like, because like, like I, I have a feeling, and this is just me, um hypothesizing hypothesizing we you know what i'm trying to say <laughs> it's just me doing a little bit of guesswork but like if, if i had to guess um i i would think that that jason's been extremely busy just doing all preparing all the visuals for you know the upcoming tour you know the next time that they're able to tour um you know there's been like obviously he did he did a pretty cool thing with the um the visuals for uh the rat's nest portion of of last year's tour um yeah and he's, you know, obviously got the the videos for like the river and rattlesnake and stuff, and then just whatever generic animation that he'll throw over whatever other songs they're playing. I wonder if he's uh, doing like, like basically making new visuals to throw on top of all the old ones, um, and maybe that's why we're seeing you know these new people who they've had to outsource to. Yeah, <laughs> I, he's, he's working on that LW statue. As we oh speak. my god, yeah. I, 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 I bet. I mean, that, that Kate making that, that stencil for KG seemed like kind of a arduous process. Um, but it, I mean, it, it, it looks amazing. Um, yeah, I was a big fan of it. You know, I know that it may have had some lukewarm reviews, but um, yeah, I thought it was cool. And yeah, I think you're right, though. I think we're probably going to see a whole new live show whenever they do come back, you yeah. know, with, from visuals and um well, the one drummer set up, you know, it'll be interesting to see where they space everybody out with that, I'm assuming, you know, which I guess they were having, you know, they had um, uh, Cavs and Eric both facing forward for that last show. So I guess it'll still be Cavs in the middle facing forward and everybody yeah. rounding them. But. Yeah, I, I imagine it'll, it'll, probably, it'll probably just be the same, except Cavs will be centered and then, you know, Lucas will stand next to him and Cookie, maybe, maybe Cookie and Luke, and Lucas will stand on either side of Cavs, um, you know, because like they've, because they they definitely seem like more of the, I don't know, I maybe maybe not Cookie so much. Cookie's kind of like the in betweener, you know, like uh, being part rhythm, also part uh, melody. Um, yeah, just with with his little accents that he puts on on all their stuff live. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely associate him and Luke to get Lucas together, and and definitely. I associate Lucas with being part of the rhythm section of, of the band and their, and their live setup. Um, did you get to, yeah. to see them live last year? I did not. No. So I, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of part of the tragic tales. So, yeah, you know, so after paper mache, you know, I had opportunities to see them. I was living in new Orleans at the time and they were coming around and it wasn't until 
like whenever I listened to Rasnest, they had played in New Orleans like a month before. So, um, you know, and I didn't go because, well, I just didn't go. I don't have a good excuse for it. So, um, so then I, you know, after that I bought, so I've had tickets for Berkeley and the Philly show and um, both nights at Red Rocks, you know. Hell so yeah. Those do happen. I, you know, I, I was, I probably only would have gone to the Philly show if, um, well, and maybe Berkeley, I was kind of on the fence about it, but, you know, just once things get rolling again, I don't, you know, I'm into this, I'm into the band and I want to go see them. And so I'm not gonna, I don't want to, I don't want to miss any other opportunities. You know, it's one of those things where you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Rock's just going to be awesome. Two nights with three hours with no repeats and for sure more albums to play from maybe yeah i saw that german interview that um of joey that was translated and he said i think this was last week but he said you know maybe five maybe more albums for this year oh shit no i didn't hear i didn't hear that um Oh man, that's that's insane. I'm gonna have to uh, send me a link to that if you can. Uh, right. I, I definitely want to check that out. Um, well, because a couple months ago, I think they had only said three, which you know, knowing their work ethic and not touring and not having anything else, you know, uh, keeping their attention. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up doing five or more, but um, you know, you never know. I, and it sounds like most of the stuff from KG was birth you know a, a year or two back yeah I, I mean definitely honey came out of the sleep drifter jam you know um from like 2018 or, or so and uh yeah i i it, it's it, it definitely seems as though they they had a lot of kg already written and possibly also a lot of lw written um you know mostly beforehand and then you know just before recording they did some last minute changes to, just yeah. to keep it relevant but yeah, I, I it, it's always hard to imagine what um, what the King Gizzard inventory looks like, you know, at any given point. Like, like how much stuff does Stu actually have on the back burner or up on the shelf, uh, you, you know, that he that's like basically ready to go, you know, in just a couple months of production. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you know, I mean, like the demo tracks we're all pretty good. I mean, you know, yeah. very happy with, you know, having that put out as an album, you know, if it was just me, but, um, you know, I, if I had to guess, I'd probably say maybe a hundred, 200 of those, you know, but maybe that's overshooting, but, um, you know, yeah, they make I, I would, I would say probably on tons of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. In various stages of completion. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was, I was, so I was thinking initially, you know, just for, for, for the, uh, you know, for this topic of conversation, I, I was, I was thinking more just like, you know, what, what do they still have, you know, that's on the shelf that, uh, you know, with the intention of releasing it, like, you know, as part of the next album and stuff, not, not so yeah. much like, cause, you know, with, uh, I guess with Teenage Gizzard and, um, and just you know some of the demo tracks it seemed like that was stuff that was just kind of destined just to be a demo and nothing more um right well i mean you saw with automation you know i mean i guess that was an outtake from rats nest and then so i wouldn't be surprised if like you know was that the 10th boogie and you know some of those other things end up 
um, you know, being full fledged songs on LW or another album. But that's a good point. You know, you know, I, I wonder because how many boogies do they have uh, to this point? Like, because they they've got uh, you know, I guess Cutthroat, Bitter, um, Boogeyman, Sam will count it, Plastic Boogie. So we got Cy at least boogie. four. Wh- which one? Cy Boogie. Oh, Cy Boogie. How can I forget? Yeah. So we got um, uh, at least five boogies. Um, yeah. And then oh, that's uh, a good point. So yeah, they got at least they, four they, other boogies out there somewhere. Yep, we're still looking for four. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, who who knows? Maybe, maybe like that tenth boogie is supposed to be some sort of uh, benchmark, you know, like uh, of uh, of like, hey, you know, once we hit double digits, then we're a full on boogie band. You know, yeah. Um, it'll it'll be interesting to see like what, how much truth, if any, there is to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, and um, you know, they're always kind of vague in their interviews and keep stuff close to the chest. But I mean, it sounds like they've already got three albums kind of ready to go. They may have said that before KG was released. Um, so maybe that just includes you know KG LW yeah. and whatever else you know comes out. I hope that didn't include live in live in San Francisco. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think so. I think that was just kind of a, a bonus. Yeah, which is a, which is a great show too. Um, oh, it, that yeah, was that was fantastic. Back then. Yeah. Did Did yeah. you happen to uh, buy the video version? I did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, five five dollars. I thought it was good. You know, the the cuts went really fast, mm-hmm. so it was kind of dizzying at times, but. Um, yeah, it was an enjoyable watch. Did you get it? Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I loved it just because it's like, like it, it reminded me of, um, of Giz. Like just, I guess it was it was them just before I got into them, um, you know, because it, it's like that venue that they played at the Independent is like five hundred uh, capacity, um, and yeah. I mean j- just seeing them in such a small space, also just with their, um, you know, just being so freshly. Uh, I mean, I mean, just the fact that they had only started playing the Nonagon Infinity stuff then, um, it was just cool to see them really just start to come into their own. Um, yeah. With what they, you know, obviously would become. Well, and yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, the venues that they have booked for this next tour, that, uh, you know, that might be the last time you see them in a place, in places that small. I mean, you know, none of the shows have sold out yet, but their fan base has grown a lot in just the past year, even since I've started following them. And I mean, if they do put out five more albums or even, you know, even just the two or three this year, you know, that's going to be a lot more people jumping on board. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I do. Um, I don't know. I hope they don't become an arena band, <laughs> but yeah, me too. Yeah. But I, I also think, uh, you know, if, if they did, they would find a way to make it work and, you know, it, it, it wouldn't suck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, some of these clubs that they're, you know, that they, at least that they've got scheduled, I mean, they're not huge places. Um, yeah. I mean, they've been pretty good about uh, playing it like sort of medium to large scale places. Um, I mean, like the first place I saw them was a pretty gigantic venue. Uh, it was the Brooklyn Bowl or no, not Brooklyn Bowl. It was um, Brooklyn Steel in, uh, in, in New York. And yeah. like they, they used to be an old warehouse. Uh, so it, it takes up like a full, you know, city block. Um, it, it's, it's massive on the inside, but. Do you know uh, what the capacity is there? I would, I would estimate like 5,000. 
but I'm gonna, but you know, okay. that's what Google's for. Um, yeah, give pass. Well, I'm wondering, I mean, because uh, Alley Pally is probably the biggest they played, right? Oh, for sure. Oh, apparently, Central Bro- Park. yeah, Brooklyn Steel apparently is only, um, is only 1800. Um, pretty wild, okay, yeah, but well, um, that's. So yeah, it, it feels bigger than that. You got all those people moshing around. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh well, yeah, so I'm I'm interested in in um in like the the other music the other music that you listen to, um, you know, considering that you're you know more of like a chill giz fan typically. Uh <laughs> and um, well <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'll I'll listen to it all. Um and my kids love Murder of the Universe, you know, so we play Altered Beast, you know, so Sweet. I'll throw on Altered Beast and, you know, chase them around. So they love that. But, um, you know, I, like I said, you know, whenever I get into music, I tend to like really dive in and um, listen to everything and, uh, you know, order on obsessive for a while. But uh, one guy you should check out that I, that's probably been my recent obsession is um, Daniel Romano. Have you heard of him? No, I haven't. So he's, um, so he put out 11 albums this year, 20, what? last year, 2020, and they're all pretty good. And similar to Giz, you know, he likes the genre hop too. So, um, you know, it'll be straightforward rock and roll. He's got punk rock. He does um, country, uh, British folk. Uh, he did one, which is a 24 minute track with, um, Danny Carey from Tool on Drums. Yeah. Um, so he's he's all over the place. Most of that stuff's just on Bandcamp, but you know, my favorite album of the year was one of like his major releases. Uh it's this it's it's called How Ill Thy World Is Ordered. And it's it's rock and roll, you know, it's got some like Beatles uh type influences. But he's I mean, he's only got like 10, 10 to twelve thousand Instagram followers, so he's still, you know. For his output and how good he is, you know, as far as, you know, his lyrics and um, his melodies, most of those, you know, 10 albums he recorded himself, but they sound like legitimate albums. They don't sound yeah. like most, you know, they're all fully formed. And um, Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot you can do in a home studio now. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. yeah you, you know, it's absolutely wild. And this is a little unrelated, but on the on the note, you know, on the same note as home studios, um, I, I have a friend out here in the desert who, uh, uh, like I just went over to her place for the first time the other day, just to, um, pick something up from her. But, uh, she's got like these, um, she builds these domes that are like underground, uh, like, like they, you know, so like just the top will stick out from, you know, like on, on the land, but then she just like digs, the, digs out these holes, you know, like probably eight to 10 feet deep. And she put a recording studio in one of them. Um, and it's just like this super cozy spot just to like, I don't know, isolate yourself for like a weekend and just, and just yeah. record shit. It, 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 it's seriously an otherworldly concept to me, but I, I just, it just blew my mind to see like this whole thing might actually be cheaper to build yourself than to rent a, a studio. Um, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, what's the dome made out of? Uh, it, it, so geodesic it, it, domes, or it's not geodesic. It's not geodesic domes, but it's uh, um, they're made out of sandbags. Uh, I, I think it's just like a combination of sandbags and uh, and barbed wire, and then like mud on the outside. 
So like they're oh, yeah, super yeah. insulated and soundproofed. Um, uh, and, and just yeah, like, what do they call that stuff? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the, <laughs> the, the name of the, uh, um, the technique, but yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was just fascinating to me. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, we, we looked into that for, you know, whenever we were going to live out in the middle of nowhere and, you know, try to be off the grid and build our own place. But, you know, that, that dream hasn't materialized yet, but, um, yeah, speaking of like underground venues, have you, have you, um, seen any shows from, uh, bluegrass underground? Are you into bluegrass at all? You know, I, I, I appreciate bluegrass and I like it. I have, I actually have a lot of family and, um, or not a lot of family, but I have a few family members in Canada who play bluegrass. Um, and, uh, you know, so I just know of it through, through them, but I've never really spent the time to, you know, give it a proper listen. Yeah. Well, it's, a so it's a, it's a cave that they do concerts in, in Tennessee. It used to be in another cave and now it's in a, you know, some. Oh, sick. Cave. And, um, yeah, so then they record it for TV. So they end up, they, you know, they put the shows on PBS. Um, but I mean, they get a lot of crossover stars, you know, and, and big acts to not necessarily, it's not all bluegrass, but I mean, if you, um, yeah, if you YouTube that, I mean, you can find a lot of really cool shows. Yeah. I'd never been to a show there, but that's, you know, that's on my list of things to do just to hear what See, that would sound like. But I don't know, you know, when the next time we're all going to be in a cave together. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in, you know, bats tend to live in caves. So um, I don't know, but, but that would, that is such a cool venue uh i'm I mean, just like idea for a venue at the very least like i would love to see king gizzard play in a cave uh <laughs> yeah they do really well in a cave yeah yeah universe in a cave would be cool right i mean just play that all the way through just like i don't know may, maybe in 2027 is like a 10-year anniversary show i i don't know but yeah <laughs> um hey, no, that, who knows you know i'm, I'm down even, for the uh the acoustic tour too i think that would be fun Oh, I, I would, I would love that. I mean, it'd be interesting because like you could, they could play other songs of theirs on acoustic instruments. Um, like I, I and, and obviously like, you know, MTV isn't really doing much with music anymore, but like, it would be cool to see, you know, if they did an MTV unplugged or if, if some other, you know, Spotify or something <laughs> came around, some other corporate sponsor would be like, Hey, we'll give you money to do an unplugged show. Whoever the corporate yeah. sponsor it is, doesn't matter. We just want to see an acoustic show. Um, yeah, I was expecting them to do a live stream too, and they haven't yet. But you know, I don't know if that's something they got in the works or not. But um, I was kind of surprised, seeing as how you know, just about every other act did some kind of live stream in one form or another. But I yeah, guess, um, you know, I, I wonder if it, you know, because it doesn't seem like that's something that King that King is hasn't you know at least thought of doing. Um, yeah. I mean, because like obviously they're they're very smart, perceptive people. They have six people in the band that can you know have an influence. Um, I, I I wonder if like like the only reason I can think of that they wouldn't do it uh, is is just that they don't really see a live stream as you know the same way as they would like a live show, and and therefore they're just like you know what we'll just make you records, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, and put out you know uh, different live shows that you can yeah. watch. 24 hours only or... yeah i i wonder how sensitive Stu is and maybe just all the guys are in general about uh about their brand of live show you know because like if there's like if we don't have all the if we don't have the people in front of us we don't have you know jason doing all the visuals like 
it's hard to get as excited, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, they really thrive off the energy of the crowd and, you know, Stu's woos and bends and, you know, guitar lifts and all that. And I mean, you know, it's hard to make that work on a, on a stream when there's no, no fans around, but yeah, I'm sure they've considered it, you know, but I mean, it, maybe they could, they could get like a robotic Cheryl Waters or something just to, uh, <laughs> You know, just just yeah. have going. You know how like like some like sleazy businesses will have like a um just like one of those robots of, of like a of a female figure just like waving a sign like around and around. Um, it's just like a mechanical yeah. thing. Have that, but it's just Cheryl Waters. <laughs> just, <laughs> just KEXP. Like they could they could be the corporate sponsor for for a live stream. Well, speaking of, yeah, I mean, you know, KEXPs those were done without fans around, and they may you know those are awesome you know yeah I'll listen to those more than they do the studio tracks i mean i i certainly do for a lot of the tracks um yeah i i mean i mean like like i, I still you know use spotify as my main streaming thing so so like the youtube kxp things aren't aren't as you know okay they're just as accessible they're not as convenient but um <laughs> yeah. yeah i i i, I I kind of wish that they would have, uh, you know, opened up the KEXP tracks to like, you know, put on the vinyl as well. Um, yeah, I'm sure there was some kind of licensing issue there that kept them from doing it, you know, from KEXP themselves. But, maybe, I don't yeah. know. They're they're commercial free. Um, oh, okay. it, it would see, it would seem like, you know, I, I wonder maybe maybe they're just saving those for like if KEXP has to do a fundraiser sometime. <laughs> yeah, you no, know, that would make sense. Um, because I like I think Stu owns all the all the masters and all the mixing um for uh yeah. for all the kexp stuff so yeah that um, fun stuff to think about <laughs> yeah which you know speaking of the acoustic stuff you know it'll be interesting to see too if they actually do bring out an acoustic instrument this next tour you know they did bring them out straws on the wind and straws in the wind um, yeah i mean I, I would love to see that um I think because uh, they did bring out some acoustic instruments for uh, uh, when they did a couple paper mache songs in in uh, Germany last year. Um, oh, really, I didn't see yeah. that. I thought they were doing them all. Um, yeah, they. Well, so so on Joey's birthday, I think they were playing in Frankfurt, um, and they uh, and they, they he brought out an acoustic guitar and they played and they played uh, Dirt, um, oh, which cool. was uh, yeah. I think that was the only time on the tour that they did that, but it it shows that they're at least willing to bring acoustic guitars with them. Um, yeah. Which is a great song by the way. Oh but, um, yeah. I, I actually like the demo version uh, a little better. Um, I'll have to go back through that. I, you know, I, I've listened to it maybe once or twice, but yeah. Um, yeah but, I'm just such a fan of the, uh, the original that uh, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it's, I mean, I, I wish that they would do, um, I don't know. Because like a, a lot of the paper mache demos uh, were sort of this poppy style, you know, kind of tame Impala sounding. Like most of what I like was, you know, a straight up pop song before they turned it into what it became. I would kind of right. like to, I like it, it made me think like, what if we got, uh, you know, paper mache reimagined, you know, where where it is like the popular, like popular versions of the same songs. Um, yeah. Like I, I would, would love be great, I'm, you know. I would love them to see to you know do like a, an alternate, you know, version of of like an entire album. I think that would be a, a cool thing for them to tackle. Yeah, well, I think you know, I mean, just what it seems like from the demos is that probably all the songs on paper mache were done 
on electric instruments. And then the whole acoustic concept came as, you know, kind of an afterthought or maybe, you know, whenever they made a decision to make an acoustic album, then they took all these, you know, other songs that were already written and put them on, onto acoustic instruments. But I, I bet, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Cause, uh, cause I know with, with paper mache and I, I think Stu mentioned this on uh, on KEXP. You know, he he said he got a little tired of doing, um, you know, all all these concept albums. He just wanted to do uh, an album of just individual songs, and that's what Paper Mache was. But then, of course, yeah. he, he turned it into a concept album by making it all acoustic. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, but yeah, it, it's interesting, like to no end for me how all the stuff comes together for them just like what that process is. Cause like, I don't know, like the fact that I, I, I still haven't really gotten anywhere with, you know, finding my answers or anything like 50 episodes into this podcast. Um, and, but like, I just yeah. st still love talking about it. It's uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's well, fun. You know, again, with six members, which I guess, you know, Lucas probably isn't writing many songs, maybe he's writing some bass lines here and there, but, um, you know, between the four main song, well, I guess, yeah, between the four songwriters, I'll mm -hmm. count Cookie, even though he hasn't had a song in a while. Well, well, yeah, some of us didn't sing um, on it, but yeah, I mean, and, and yeah. actually Cavs gets, uh, I, I think Cavs is the, their third most, uh, frequent, uh, songwriter. Like, like, I think he, he's one of the most credited people in the band. Um, yeah. as far as the songs go and, and Ambrose too, like, yeah, I think, uh, Lucas might be the only one with no credits. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Luke. He's on hungry wolf of fate, I think. Oh, is he? Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, in, in that case, I, I stand corrected. Uh, <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah, Lucas, get it. Get them I credits. just assumed Cavs was getting his name on there just for laying down the drums, you know? I mean, but that's, that's, but that's uh, fair. I mean, too. Yeah, I, I I think the like just just how um just the drums they they play such a a big factor in their sound. I I, I think you do have to give them <laughs> you do have to give them that credit. Um, right. I mean, it, yeah. yeah, it is pretty integral. Like like because you know self immolate wouldn't be self immolate without that you know. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. And, and and then the and then the fill after in, in the intro, it's like, yeah. Um, you 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 got to have a, a songwriting drummer for. <laughs> oh, his to, I mean, to keep the band he, going. He makes the band really. I mean, I mean, all of them bring something different, but I mean, his drum beats are just so unique and and cool that um, it you know that's what catches your ears whenever you're listening for the first time or whenever I'm showing somebody it for the first time. I mean, it seems like that's always the first thing that they latch onto is the the drumming. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's the thing that grabs you like immediately, you know? Um, yeah. A lot of snare fills. Um, I mean, it's just also precise and, and, you know, you don't always get that with, with drummers. Like a lot of the time I think you take it for granted, but you're not always hearing drummers playing like those 16th and 32nd notes, you know? Um, yeah. Like, like, yeah, the, just his fills are, are absolutely nuts. And I don't know enough about drumming to, to keep going in a way that sounds smart. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me either. I have uh, drums, but I'm not, you know, I'm not very good at playing them. Yeah. Uh, what, what What do you play? Or do you play music? Yeah. I, um, I mean, I grew up playing guitar. So, um, 
you know, acoustic and electric guitar. And then really, you know, not to go back to bluegrass again, but back whenever I was, you know, 17, 18, I got really into bluegrass. So I started playing, you know, all of the bluegrass instruments, except, you know, upright bass. I've never gotten one of those, but, you know, banjo. And those, those are pretty hefty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take up a lot of space and are heavy and expensive. Um, but that's cool. You play banjo. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I dabble in all of them, but I haven't, you know, mastered any. I'd say guitar is still my main instrument. So I still, you know, try to play around and record stuff. But yeah, I've seen some of your stuff online. You know, it's it's good stuff. You think you'll uh, appreciate it, man. Yeah, you think you'll do something with that? I know, you know, the comedy seems to be the main thing right now. Yeah, I I mean, everything is is just in a major holding pattern right now, just because, you know, it, like like right now, there's I don't really have any opportunity to get on stage, um, you know, for, for yeah. comedy or music. So I'm I'm sort of trying to, you know, just take a step back and just get back to writing. And whatever I write, I, I have a few different things in mind. Um, and one of them is to to basically do a hybrid, you know, music and comedy act, um, or, or at least incorporate some music into the, into the comedy. Um, yeah. The only thing is, I just can't stand a lot of other people that do that. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I feel like there be, there would be some hypocrisy there, but I I'm, I know that's like a just a thing I got to get over. <laughs> um, well, there are a few people, you know, who have done it pretty well. So, I mean, it, it can be done. Yeah. I mean, Tenacious D uh, was one of my favorites growing up. Um, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're tremendous. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, Adam Sandler does it well, you know, if you're into Sandler. Yeah, then, Sandler is tremendous. Um, I mean, Steve Martin with the, <laughs> with, with the oh, banjo. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, th th it's, it definitely can be done. It's just... Uh, I don't know. I think I think it's more of, of like a confidence thing because I haven't yet written anything that's like funny and you know good musically. Um, yeah. There, there, there's like some stuff, but it's you know it's very half baked. Um, I it's like because you know to make it not cheesy, but um, yeah. And I I would like to find a way to make it you know to do like some comedy psych rock because nobody's doing that, and that would yeah. be fucking fun. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, those are the things I love the most, you know, um, maybe I'll, I'll I don't know. It's, it's, we're only we're not even 10 days into 2021, but I think that's my resolution. I'm going to try to make that uh, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. put that, that shit on my vision board. Uh, <laughs> that's cool, you know, well, I mean, you got to be unique, really, to, to stand out, I suppose. But yeah, do you have any gigs set up? Uh, no, n nothing, um, nothing on the horizon. I mean, it, it's you know, just everything is very much in a holding pattern. I imagine once Cal, because like I'm in California, so everything's just like they told us a month ago or the beginning of December, it's going to be at least three weeks. And here we are five weeks later, honestly, yeah. about what I expected. But ultimately, <laughs> what I expect is that you can't really make any plans until, uh, you know, until there's any um, inkling that that stuff's going to get lifted or um yeah, I, I would imagine I'm probably not going to do anything until probably March or April. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously, like, yeah, I'll I'll make it known. <laughs> once yeah, that's right. I forgot you were in California and you guys are on pretty strict lockdown right now, right? Yeah, I mean, the the the, the cases are absolutely insane in L.A. Uh, and in Southern California at, at one point, because like I'm in San, in San Bernardino County 
and it's a gigantic county but um at, at one point the uh, uh the infection rate was 25 percent uh, of of people that got tested were testing positive uh Jeez. recently so yeah it <laughs> you know i i've so yeah I'm, I'm just staying in with the dogs taking them out going to you know uh yeah, how is dog life oh dog dude I, I i'm like brand new to being a dog dad and it's it's been wild just to see like my paternal instinct just kick in um yeah. <laughs> like yeah i i don't have kids and i don't plan on it anytime soon if at all but um these dogs are just like they, they've just totally rocked my world uh in mostly a good way uh they have they have kept me from playing guitar more frequently um it's like I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll start tuning up and then they'll start barking. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they had some sort of trauma with an acoustic guitar before, but they're not a Are fan of that low E. <laughs> yeah. Are they puppies or? Uh, yeah. What one's a puppy and the other is the mom. Um, so the mom's about five years old. The puppy's uh, about 10 weeks at, at this point. Um, oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, well, but they're, well. they're settling in. Um, but, yeah. uh, I, I think like a companion in these times too for sure i mean it, it's yeah it, it's amazing just to have just to have a couple dogs to sleep with like they they love cuddling with me so it makes sleeping a lot easier i don't need a um a weighted blanket yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. or, or melatonin or anything um yeah yeah I, I just smoke weed and go to sleep with them uh <laughs> there you go but uh yeah i, I think we're gonna get to wrapping up soon but um uh, you know, is, is there anything um, that you've been thinking about Giz related that we haven't uh, that we haven't quite touched on yet? Well, we talked about if not now, then when a little bit. But um, I was I was wondering wanting to hear your thoughts on this if if you thought it was intentional or not. But they do this with a lot of their songs where the lyrics are mixed way down, where it's you know you can't hardly understand what they're saying. Yeah, but then that makes you go and look up the lyrics and actually read them. Mm -hmm. so I don't know if, you know, if it was somewhere in between where they were more audible and you just, you know, were just, you know, picking up the, uh, the chorus. Maybe that was the whole idea. Do you think so? You know, to get people to actually read it and think about it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think there, there's something to that. Like maybe they were just trying, like by making the lyrics so, I don't know, uh, you know, subdued. Um, I, I I think like it probably could just be that just they're trying to get they're trying to do this this little catchy thing that'll make people you know sing along just do like the do, 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 in their head and then they'll be like all right I need some actual words to go along with this and then they'll you know Google it maybe I I honestly wish that they had mixed it better uh, or, or mixed it where the where the words are more audible uh, just yeah. simply because like um, the message of the song it, it's like I, I feel like that's something that shouldn't just be uh, that you shouldn't make somebody go Google, you know, like go, go all out with that. Uh. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, I saw the lyrics on the, uh, on the video. So if you go on YouTube to watch the video, mm -hmm. you know, in the, in, the, um, in the description section, that's where they've got them. But I mean, he's obviously really good at mixing albums. I mean, he's made some really great sounding stuff you know yeah i i think it's just a matter of, of creative uh license you know more than like whether it's actually good i i, I think it's just subjective <laughs> right yeah I, I mean i have to imagine it's intentional that that's what he wanted but i mean the only other reason i could think of would be that you know maybe he's just kind of self-conscious about his voice 
And so it mixes it low in the track, but- If you're self-conscious about your voice, don't sing falsetto. It's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or do, yeah. only do falsetto, be like Neil Young. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, who knows, you know, but other than that, you know, I'm just excited about, you know, to see what the rest of this year has in store, you know, that's one great thing about being a fan of these guys is, and, you know, uh, Romano for that instance, you know, when you got people that are that prolific, you know, it's like by the time this episode comes out, they probably got something out or at least have hinted at something that's going to be coming. You know, you never know. It seems like there's something every week with these guys, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I hope so. I hope we get something. I hope we get the full album sooner than we get, um, you know, more singles. Like I, I you know, again with KG, I, I keep hammering, you know, just, just really hitting on this point, but uh, like, like if they keep releasing singles, I'm just going to listen to those to death and it's going to ruin the album experience for me. Uh, I yeah. mean, even though KG is one of my favorite albums, um, I wish that I hadn't listened to the singles that much just because like it, it screws up with, with the song that I'm expecting to hear next. Um, right. No, yeah. But uh, same way, you know, it because um, this was the first kind of new album release that I'd followed with them from start to finish. And yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I really wore them out and it was nice. You know, you still got six more songs or so that were brand new. But um, the other thing that I noticed was that I, I found that I like the songs better whenever I listen to them first without the video, because I feel like that allows me to kind of form my own mental picture or, or paint my own picture for the music. And then, you know, you watch the video after, and then that kind of, you know, it shows you, you know, what, what their visual ideas were for the track, but like, so some yeah. of them, you know, cause I, you know, honey was okay. I watched the video with that the first time I heard it. You know, since then, you know, the song's really grown on me, but um, a lot of people didn't like some of us, but, you know, I, I listened to that, um, it's like a, you know, Korean radio leak. I don't know if you heard that or not, but yeah, um, yeah, I just, you know, I, it clicked right away with me and then, you know, the video is kind of lukewarm on. So I, I, I have a feeling that if I had started with the video, with the song, you know, as being my first experience, I don't know if I would have liked it as much. Yeah, you know, I, I think, um, cause I, I definitely saw like both with some of us, I mean, actually I think with every song they released from KG, I, I watched with, you know, the video uh, for, first time through. Um, and, and I guess I, you know, what I was going for with that was just like, I, I wanted my first time to be everything. Yeah. You, you know, but, but like that experience. is- yeah um it's it's you know totally immersive but like you also bring up a good point like that might actually take away from uh stuff you pick up pick up on uh audially um you know otherwise so yeah now, now all of a sudden that's a that's a new decision i'm aware i'm gonna have to make when, <laughs> when they release a, yeah. the next video i'm just like fuck what do i how do i want to enjoy this for the first time <laughs> something to consider but yeah i've also been you know trying to pace myself with um if not now then when i mean i love the track but uh i, I mean you know if they are gonna do five albums this year you know even three you would imagine that they would try to space them out evenly and you know i imagine they haven't released a single yet in january and they have released mm -hmm. something every month since what was 
June when Honey came out or July? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think early July. Yeah, I think early July is when when Honey came out. Um, so but I think uh, it was late February or March. Yeah, I I, I think because in 2017, I think Flying Microtonal Flying Microtonal Banana was the first album they released of the five, and that was I I want to say in February. Um, so if we could get LW in February, and then you know. Uh, March comes around, we get something else. April, you know, <laughs> it yeah, just keeps going. Yeah, get one every two or three months. Yeah, happy uh, man. You know, well, I mean, I'm happy with whatever they they decide to put out. You know, they're, they're yeah. Well, you know, I hope it's not too soon because I I want you to meet your crowdfunding goal on the uh, <laughs> yeah on, 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 on Lounge Gizzard. Um, yeah. So everybody, go check the, and I'll I'll link it and um uh in you know I'll I'll put a, put a link in the description to Q rates. Um, so people Thanks. can, can go check that out. Uh, and, and what, what's the deadline for that? Uh, we have got, oh gosh, I know it's 22 days from the day as far as whenever this is released. Okay. Um, so sure it, so January 29th? Two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. About right. another two weeks from when this is released. So all right, cool. I, well, I'll would appreciate the support. Yeah, for sure, man. I'll, I'll probably put this out, uh, next week and that way, you know, you get close to that crowdfunding goal. Um, yeah, but, uh, dude, I, I, I absolutely love what you're doing with that. I love, uh, your, your wife's art and I, I, the fact that you guys are collab collaborating on this, the fact that your kids love murder the universe. It's like, you're, you guys are on to good stuff. And, uh, and, and, and I think you're doing a great thing for, uh, the whole kids community. And thanks man. Yeah, yeah. I hope we can get this off the ground. You know, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I don't have any other records that are just clear wax. So um, yeah, I think that'll be cool to, to have and to hold. Forever. For sure. And, and, and also, you know, hopefully that, you know, you get some, some of those sent off to uh gives versus USA. So, um, yeah, yeah. We know, got so some set aside for them, you know, 30 copies or hell yeah. You know, yeah. At least that's the plan for now, but yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll see. We're, we're making our way across the finish line slowly, but surely. Um, but yeah, I would appreciate the support of anybody out there. If you guys, you know, if you like the art too, you can check out, um natalie's instagram it's um uh, at natalie blanton art sweet i'll i'll, I'll put it some links in the description and then uh yeah people get give her a follow and uh and and, and pre-order this record it's great um uh anyway bryce thank you so much for coming on the podcast i i really appreciate your time and um and again best of luck with the with the crowdfunding thanks man yeah really nice to meet you look forward to seeing you at red rocks or Berkeley. Berkeley. Yeah. Both everything. <laughs> yeah. All right. See you, man. Thanks for listening guys.